Okay, guys, this is the S Machine. You know, the, uh, the artist currently and to forever to be known as S. Anthony Thomas. I am not home. I only recorded one segment of this show with my regular equipment. The other stuff, like this opening segment here, is being recorded uh, with a lav mic and my, and my pocket recorder uh, because I don't have my regular stuff. Uh, so the sound quality is going to be about what you're hearing right now. Uh, pretty good, but not as what you're normally used to li listening to. So uh, just wanted to warn you up front. Still, still sounds pretty good, but it's not, you know, not, not the crystal clear geniusness of my normal geniusness. <laughs> yes, I am a genius. Shut up. But I want to say, folks, thank you for, for stopping by and listening to this crap. I appreciate you. Much love to you. All the new people, thank you. All the old people, thank you. Okay, now, um, I think I might want to start this show. I'm not sure. Maybe I'll start the show. I don't know. Maybe I'll just sit here and look out this window. Yeah. Now nah, I'll start the show. I'll, in fact, you are I'm going to start the show right now. You are about to listen to the now, S. Anthony Says Roll Podcast, it. starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Well, my friends, you know who this is. This is the S Machine. I'm actually at a different location. You probably notice a little bit of a difference in sound quality because I'm using a handheld mic and not my normal equipment. I'm doing it at a different location right now, as I just said, you bastards. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever just given somebody, or done, I shouldn't say given somebody, done a favor for somebody, and all of a sudden that person thinks that that favor is your job now? Have you ever done that? I've done it. I've made that mistake before, and I know you've made that mistake before, where you do something nice for somebody, and all of a sudden, that is your job. All of a sudden, you can't get away from doing that freaking stupid errand. You know, it was a friend of mine, and I, his car went down, and my car is still working. So what happens is he gives me a call at an odd time and says, can you give me a ride someplace? And I give him a ride to that place. What is that place? His job. And it doesn't bother me too much because I know I'm the kind of guy that likes to help people. Damn it, if you're my friend and you need help, damn it, I'm going to help you. I'm going to get you where you need to go because that's the kind of guy I am. But some people can't just let a, a, a favor be a favor. All of a sudden, they turn it into something different. All of a sudden, they start to alter their personal behavior because they know they have you as a safety net. Now, the funny thing about a safety net is a safety net is something you don't want to use. A safety net is just something you want to look down from the tightrope and see that the crap's down there. Makes you feel comfortable. You still have to walk on the tightrope. You still have to get from one side to the other side in the circus. You still have to swing on the trapeze and then swing off and catch the other person and swing off and hear the applause and then swing to the other side. But it's nice to know that the safety net is there. Well, But for some people... The safety net is not a safety net. The safety net is something that's part of everyday action. They have to jump into the safety net on a regular basis. Some people go, you know, why should I walk across this, this thin rope? Why don't I just crawl across the safety net? Why don't I just dive into the safety net? Why don't I just take unreasonable chances while on the tightrope, knowing that the safety net is going to always be there because the safety net has always been there. And guess what, people? For a lot of people, I have been the safety net. 
But if you notice, every once in a while when you turn on the news, what do you hear? Circus performer dies when safety net fails. Why is that? Because just like everything else, just like every every other apparatus, you know what I'm saying? Your car, you have to periodically check things on your car to make sure it's always running. Is it dependable? Sure it is. Can you count on it? Sure you can. But if you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't check this and you don't look, look at that and you don't tighten this and you don't lube that, the car starts to fail. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because you're not taking good care of it. Or overuse. Say you decide, I'm not going to change i'm not going to change these tires i'm not going to change these tires until they pop and you keep using them and use them and use them and then one day boom they blow up and your punk ass drives into something why because you overused it and nets safety nets can be overused too you can jump into a safety net a little bit too much you can land in it too many times and eventually you land on your ass on the ground underneath the safety net and they have to replace you in the show because your punk ass hit the ground and you're now that greasy spot over there that people point to and say hey see that greasy spot over there that jackass used the safety net too much now i'm not saying the safety net isn't good i'm not saying the safety net doesn't work i'm just saying it's a safety net it has the word safety in it because you're only supposed to use it to ensure your safety you're not supposed to jump in it every five seconds it's not a jumping at any time you want to net no it's a safety net like a safety harness safety you're supposed to do whatever you have to do to make sure you don't need to use that it's a last resort and this guy didn't understand that message because i gave him a ride to work which i had no problem with i already told you that i have no problem helping a friend out but what did this sucker do he kept calling all the time and i'm not i'm the kind of guy that really doesn't like to fail my friends or anybody but the only problem with that is, like I said, the safety net can be used and relied on too often. He decided to go out and party. He decided to do a lot of other things that would make him have to wake up late the next day, knowing that he can just call S up and S will give him a ride to work. But what he didn't realize was Mr. Thomas, namely me, also had things to do. And this time when I got the cell phone call, I was three states away telling drunk people funny stories for money which means it was physically impossible for me to get back to where he was and take his punk ass to work. Hey, whoa, this tightrope's a little shaky. You know what? Instead of going all the way across like I'm supposed to do, I'm going to just jump into that safety net down there. (laughs) Bang, hit the ground, greasy spot, goes to work, gets there late, boss reams him out. And he almost gets his punk ass fired, but he didn't get a nice big dock in his salary. Why? Because his punk ass didn't do the things he was supposed to do. Instead of saving the money to fix his car, he went out partying. He went out gambling. He did some things that I'm not going to mention in this podcast, but I think you get the point. And he relied on the safety net too much with his punk ass. <laughs> Greasy spot. You got to be careful with the safety net. Like I said, the safety net is there for you, man. You know, if you have a safety harness in your car, you have your seatbelt, it's there for you. But that doesn't mean just because you got the safety belt on your car and you got your seatbelt on your car and you got airbags that you should go and start driving like you're in the demolition derby. No. The whole idea is to make sure that those apparatuses are there as an extra layer to assist 
in your safety. When you read the fine print, the safety belt does not say, hey, now that you got this thing harnessed, drive like a complete jackass. We'll take care of everything. The airbag doesn't say, hey, not a problem. Drive into some stuff at 90 miles an hour. I'm just going to pop out and keep you from getting your face smashed up. It doesn't say that. All of that stuff says drive carefully. Yeah, even though those thing, those products are made to keep you safe in your car, they still say to drive carefully. My GPS, if you look at your GPS, what does it say? It says it in legalese sometimes, and sometimes it says it in kind of plain language. What does it say? It says, press this if you agree. And above the button that says, press this if you agree, it says, listen, you dumb bastard. I'm going to assist you in getting where you want to go. But it's your responsibility not to stare at the screen like a dumb bastard and crash into some stuff because you'll kill yourself or some other people. No, it doesn't say it like that but i think it should because more people would pay, take it seriously yeah that's right i said it so what i'm saying is if you have a safety net if that safety net is a friend or a co-worker or a guy who does comedy and does podcasting and is a, just a very very cute young man who's not that young but is very cute shut up let me say this a safety net is there to assist you it's not there to be the main thing, you bastards. Your the harness in your car is to assist you. It doesn't mean drive like a jackass. The airbag in your car is to assist you in keeping your face from being smashed in. It doesn't mean drive into some stuff, you dumb bastards. That's all I'm saying. Now, as I, the safety net for my friends, would like to say, and I know all of your punk asses are listening to this, and I know the person who I'm talking about knows I'm talking Talking about him because I said I want to talk about that and he said yeah I was kind of an asshole if you want to talk about that in your podcast go ahead and I said I was going to do it anyway because I can physically beat you okay he's actually a lot bigger than I am and he would kick the shit out of me and I did not actually say that but that's not the point the point is I have permission to talk about this and all of my friends who are my personal friends you jackasses I love you more than anything in the world except for my personal family women I've had sex with women I'm going to have sex with in the future my future children and people that are going to be nicer to me in the future in which case you guys are all going to kind of slide down a level <laughs> you know me well enough to know I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> back to the story so what I'm saying, you bastards, all of my personal friends and all of my podcast audience, because I know some of you bastards are the safety net for your friends, aren't you? Some of you are the people that your friends always come to with their dopey ass problems. You're the one that has to keep them from getting their ass kicked in a bar. You're the one that has to pick them up when they do something stupid. You're the one that has to lend their punk asses some money when they do something dumb. You are that person, just like I am that person for these other people. But we want to say as the safety net for you jackasses, yes, we do genuinely love you. Because if we didn't, believe me, we would sit back, watch you fall on your ass and laugh hysterically and say things like <laughs> what a jackass but we don't we put our hands out to help your punk asses get where you need to go and do what you need to do and we're glad to help but remember we're safety nets and if you jump in us too many times your punk asses will be a greasy spot that people point at and say don't be like that guy so don't push it, you bastards. That's all I got to say about that segment's over.
Okay, my friends, let me talk to you about something else here. Let's talk about getting older. It sucks. Now, I'm not old yet. Very, very true. I'm also not young anymore. Also very, very true. And it also sucks. You know, because I'm at that age now. And what age is that? Shut up, punk. I'm not telling you. <laughs> but there's a point when you get to the point where, you, like I said, you're not really old yet, but you're not young either. And when you're young, you're just kind of, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, dumb. And I don't mean dumb as in, to be insulting. I just mean you don't know what's coming up over the top of the hill, especially if you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. If you're in your mid-20s or younger, you don't get it. You don't have any idea of what's about to happen to you when you pass the big 3-0 or the big 4-0. You don't know what's coming. And those of you that are over 50, um... I don't know what the hell's up with y'all. I, I, I'll find out soon enough, but you bastards are old. <laughs> but probably still young enough to punch me in the throat, so I'll just, I'll just shut up and go back to the story. But what I'm trying to say is, it's really weird to see what happens to people when you become older and you see your younger relatives become adults, and you know that the kid whose diaper you changed and was running around, Uncle S, did, 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 now that sucker's got a kid and he's got a job and he's got a car and he's got a car note and apartments and now he's, he's living with his wife or girlfriend. And I remember saying it to a younger relative, I'm going to move in with my girlfriend, it's going to be great. And I know what he meant because I was his age and I was the first time I lived with a woman. And I know exactly what he thought was going to happen. The same thing I thought was going to happen. Because I was dumb too. When you're that young and you go out with your girlfriend, you don't see each other as much as you'd like to, at least not in the context of getting it on. And you know that on the mo for the most part, when you saw her, you got to get it on. And you think you're always going to be getting it on when you see her. And the reason you think that is because you're stupid. That's right, I said it, you're stupid. You're not, it's not going to happen. I've lived with girlfriends before. It's happened on several occasions. And as a young man, like I said, you think, hey, every time I see her, we get it on. So obviously, if I move in with her, I'm going to get it on every day because she's right there. <laughs> and you think that because you're stupid. Ask any older guy who's lived with his girlfriend, who's lived with his wife. Ask them if they're getting it on on a daily basis. Hell no. Do you know why you're not getting it on on a daily basis? Because just like the relationship between friends and, and your girlfriend is different, the relationship between girlfriend and living girlfriend or wife is much, much different. You see, she doesn't have to be on her, quote, best behavior anymore because you're always there. You don't see her after she's all dialed up, after she's showered, after she's shaved. You get, you don't get to see just the end product. You get to see the hamburger being made, you sick bastard. Doesn't look as good as you thought it did, huh? That hamburger you were eating and chewing on and going, man, this hamburger tastes delicious. <laughs> Put the cheese on it. Ooh, ooh there's cheese on it. Ooh, it's look at the, the onions and all that. Ooh, put the ketchup and the mustard on the wood with the sweet peppers. And it's delicious. If you can't wait to get it, it's delicious. But what about if we took you back a little bit in the supply chain? What if we broke the, 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 the elements of that sandwich down? What about we took you back to the farm when you saw the cow and you saw the cow get his brains blown out and you saw the cow hanging in the meat market getting sliced up and ground into the meat machine where they put fat back in it to make it taste better? Yeah, that's right. 
all of a sudden you don't want that hamburger as much. Well, okay, you still want the hamburger, let's not lie. But you don't realize not as appetizing as it was when you just saw the finished product. And ladies, you know what I'm talking about. You know damn well he doesn't smell like that on a regular basis. You know he's not clean shaven like that. You know better than that. You know damn well he's not that interested in anything you have to say. Not that what you have to say isn't interesting. It's just that he doesn't want to hear that shit. You know why? Because he's already had sex with you and he doesn't have to listen to that crap anymore. At least that's what he's thinking and he's not going to want to hear that crap. Yeah, I said it. She doesn't look as good as you thought she did because she's not all dialed up and he's not as interesting and charming and funny as nice as you thought he was. That hamburger that you thought was delicious, once again, you go back up the supply chain and you watch the cow get its head chopped off and the blood drained out and all of a sudden that hamburger doesn't look so good. You still want to eat it. I mean, it is a hamburger, but it doesn't look as good as good as it did before. And it's not just relationships, you young bastards. It's also life in general, man. And getting older, man. Getting older sucks. Getting older, old age is kind of like a mafia don that you owe money to. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of sits back. I'll get you later. And waits. Oh, I'll get you later. And when it's time to pay up, you bastards, you're going to pay. You know what I'm saying? You ever owe money to somebody like that? I've never, but I know people that do. They don't really want you to pay right all of the money right back. Why would they want you to do that? They want you to pay more than you owe by a lot. They want to come back to your, to your store and get a couple hundred dollars every week. But only ordered, only borrowed a thousand, you've taken seven thousand bucks. <laughs> Shut up. We'll be back next week. That's what old age is like. It's that mafia group that just keeps coming back week after week. Well, I learn a lot of stuff as I've gotten older, so it's okay. I don't need to learn anything more, right? Guess again, you punk. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to get you again. Your knees hurting? Of course it hurts. You're 40 now, stupid. You don't have as much cartilage in that knee as you used to. <laughs> You're going to have to wrap that knee up to play basketball like you did. See, when you were in your 20s, you didn't have to wrap that knee. All that cartilage and all of that moisture in that leg was good, and that knee had all that fluid in it, and now it has not enough fluid or too much fluid. Guess what? You're not young, punk. Old age made it when it came back and wanted a payment, and the payment was your left knee. I want that left knee, and I'm taking it, and it took it. And he gave you the old age, your left knee. You still have access to your left knee, but it has little pain in there. And that pain in your left knee is saying, I'm still here, you bastard. That's right. But old age isn't done with your punk ass. Now you're 45. It already took your knee, and now it takes your lower back. Ow, my back. Oh, this is ridiculous. I didn't even do anything. You didn't have to do anything. You know what you did? You owe money to the mafia boss called old age. And now it's got your lower back. Yeah, that's right. It's got your knee and your lower back and it ain't giving them back to you. So shut up and deal with it, punk. What, your other knees hurt? Of course. He wasn't just going to take one of your knees. You're 48 now. Now he's got one knee, he's got the other knee, and he's got your lower back. And he's coming back at 50. He's coming back at 50, but he just took my knees and my lower back. What's he coming back for? Oh, what's he coming back for? <laughs> Why don't you read this medicine bottle? I can't. Really? Guess what he got? What? 
<laughs> your ability to see small print. He took that shit too. He took it in the middle of the night. He had some of his boys come over while you were asleep. They broke into your eyelids and they took your ability to see fine print. So now he's got both your knees, your lower back, and you can't see shit on a medicine bottle. Yeah, that's right. He's not going to stop. He's coming back. Oh, what's he coming back for? Why don't you go upstairs and fuck your wife? Now, I know you already had sex with her, but have sex with her again. It's only been 45 minutes. Well, I can't. Oh, you can't? You're going to have to wait a couple hours before you can get a hard on again? Guess what he just took? That's right. Penis power. That's right. He's got both your knees. He's got your lower back. He took your ability to see small print. And now he took about 45 to 50 percent of the power of your downstairs meat. And that's right. It never ends. Just like when you owe money to a mafia don, you never, they don't want you to pay back. They want to get their hands on you and milk you and milk you and milk you. And that's what old age is. A mafia don is never satisfied with anything. Yeah, that's right. Then you hit 65. Now your penis is working again. But the only problem with that is it costs you $10 a pill for your penis to work again. But you don't mind that at all. Because, I mean, let's be honest, you ain't got your knees, your lower back, or your ability to see small print without these $900 glasses. And he took your penis power, but you stole your penis power back with those pills. And guess what? He doesn't like that at all. Because if you notice, he started to do the same thing to your wife. He got her knees, her back, her ability to see small print. He got down there and took and messed her stuff up too. And then she has to use stuff to make her stuff work. And you have to use stuff to make your stuff work. That's right. Ha <laughs> ha. In fact, I got to talk louder now, don't I? That's right. You thought he took everything. No, old age, the mafia don didn't take everything. He still had your ears. And now he's got those too. He's not going to take it all. He's not, a, he's not a mean guy. He's not a mean don. Why would he take all of your ability to hear? He's not going to do that. He didn't make you blind. You just can't read small shit. So now you got to put on those stupid, thick-ass Coke bottle glasses to see you can read the damn medicine bottle so you don't poison yourself. And now you got to put in one of those stupid hearing aids to hear crap. And now you're 80. And then that bastard comes back for the final payment. That's right. And it's over. And then he goes, consider yourself paid up. Is that your son over there? How old is he now? He's 40? <laughs> I don't know about you. How about you guys? Anybody in the mood to get another knee? Yeah, let's get another knee. Fantastic. You, come here for a minute. I want to talk to you. I know your dad. <laughs> Segment over. Well, folks, this is the night before my doctor's appointment, and I got to go to the doctor tomorrow. Is there anything wrong with me? Well, not medically, no. But I'm telling you right now, I got to go to the doctor, and I know what's going to happen tomorrow because get, I'm getting a new doctor because my other doctor is uh, retired. And what's going to happen is, because it's a new doctor, they always got to redo everything. And I know what that means. That means I'm going to get an unscheduled finger in the buttocks. I know it's coming. And I know I'm going to be made to cough <coughs> while certain things are held in the doctor's hands. I know it. 
I know what's going on. And sometimes I'm just, I'm getting the feeling, and I'll be honest with you, I'm starting to think that that is not necessary. I mean, if the if the doctors have basically the same training, and they're going to be basically looking for the same things, because let's be honest, your ear, nose, and throat doctor, your general practitioner, basically they are just body detectives. And they look at all the signs and get all the data, and they basically f- diagnose the same crap. They know that. They are all about volume, damn it. I know what the deal is. But the simple fact that I'm actually paying a stranger to touch my butt and other stuff, and it's being done in a non-sexual context, that kind of pisses me off right there. If you're going to touch my stuff, damn it, I want my stuff touched with love. Yeah, that's right. Okay? Now, granted, it's, and it's even more expensive because usually when I spend money and the person I spend money on touches my stuff, it's a lot less expensive because a trip to the old country buffet or to McDonald's or to Chili's or Chi-Chi's is a lot cheaper than a visit to the doctor. But your insurance pays for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, damn it. You know there's always some kind of co-pay or some crap where they make you have, they have to reimburse you and all of that junk you know what i'm talking about you know what i'm talking about damn it and no matter what it is it's still cheaper to go to chilies and chichis because if you really think about it you only count against the the only count against the money you spend on your dates you don't count the money you spent feeding yourself you only count her 22 dollars, not the 22 dollars you spent on your half of the chilies and chichis meal damn it and the doctor's appointment somehow is going to cost you more than that and you know it you got to sit there with another human being with your stuff out and they're just going to just do clinical crap to it. They're not even going to tell you that it looks cute. That's disgusting. I hate that crap. And you ear, nose, and throat doctors, you don't fool me at all. You didn't even want to be surgeon. I'm not saying a surgeon is more important than you. Of course not. You're on the front lines. You're the person that make sure that everything's cool on a regular basis and if you do what you're supposed to do and the patient pays attention basically the surgeon under under normal circumstances is almost freaking moot that's right but I'm thinking there's an ulterior motive ear nose and throat doctor yeah that's right I'm calling all of you out because you know you get to see people naked on a daily basis. And most people's bodies are horrible. But you don't mind that at all. You just want the nudity. I know it. Come on. You're not telling everybody to get in shape because you want us to live longer and have better lives. Okay, maybe you are saying it because you want us to get healthier and have better lives. But don't you tell me that that's the only reason. You want us to get in shape so we'll look good for you the next time we take our clothes off in front of you. Yeah, that's right. I'm calling you out. I know the tricks, damn it. Yeah, that's right, ear, nose, and throat doctor. You just want us to look good for you so you can pull your stupid paper down on that table and have us scoot up on it. How in the hell are you going to pull down paper and we're going to scoot on it? Of course the paper's going to come off. Why don't you get some paper that goes over the thing sideways so when we scoot up, the paper won't break. Come on, use your heads. You went to medical school, damn it. This shouldn't be so hard for you to figure out. You and your, I want to go to school all these years when what I really want to do is just look at misshapen and overweight people with their clothes off because maybe you like it you sick bastards 
Well, let me tell you something, doctors. Even though I'm calling you out and I know it's a big scam, I do respect you because it is a big scam. I am actually jealous of you. You see, you knew not to become a surgeon because the surgeon, the surgeon only gets to see the part of the body that's being worked on. If the person is getting their knee scoped or just getting something done down there or on the, getting something fixed, by the time the surgeon comes in, it's all prepped and covered in that blue crap and just the square that they're going to be working in is cut out. They don't even get to enjoy the nudity. But there's no hiding the nudity from you, ear, nose, and throat doctor, is there? <laughs> why don't you stop calling yourself ear, nose, and throat doctors? You know why you stopped doing it? Because no one was buying it. Because you never looked anybody's ears, nose, and throat. You took a quick peek in the ear. And it wasn't having any problem in my ears. And the nose. What kind of problem? Nobody did. There's never a problem in anybody's nose, damn it. You take a rag out, you go, and you, whatever the problem is, you blow it into the rag and throw it away, damn it. And throat, get out of here. You look down the throat. I'm thinking you guys just made that up because you like to make people go, ah, so you can laugh at them later on. You should call yourselves what you actually are. I like to see naked stuff and butts, doctors, because that's what you do. That's why you changed your title to general practitioner so we wouldn't know what was going on. And I'm thinking you put the word general in there, not because you're talking about you do general studies. You like to sound official and military because from what I understand, you actually were going to call yourselves corporal practitioners, but your egos couldn't stand it and you made yourselves general practitioners. Yeah, that's right. I said it. But I want to say this, general practitioner. As much as I talk trash about you and give you a hard time in this little segment here, I respect you. I respect you because even though I love seeing people naked, I don't want to see people naked and then put my fingers in their butts. I don't want to do that. I don't want to touch another person's genitals. Okay, that's not true. I do want to put, touch other people's genitals, but just people of the opposite sex, and you have to do that to the people of the same sex. And I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. And let me actually step a further back about the finger and the whole butt thing. If it's a hot woman, okay, let's uh, that that's going too far. That's never never mind that part. We don't. That's not important. We just we'll gloss over that. But come on, general practitioners, you have the nurse practitioner. How come she doesn't get, or he doesn't get, because the male, male nurses, female nurses, how come they don't get a military title, hmm? Can't they become corporal nurse practitioners? No, you kept that to yourself. Bing, I knew it. But if you notice, they're the ones that weigh us. And they're the ones that take our blood pressure. And they're the ones that stick our fingers. They do that stuff. And then you come in and read what they wrote down 45 seconds earlier. You mean to tell me you were so busy you couldn't have done that stuff yourself? <laughs> I see through you, general practitioner. But I just want to say for the record, I do respect you. Because like I said, you're on the front lines of all of this crap. You keep us healthy. You keep us safe. You keep us feeling good. So even though I know it's just a big scam to see misshapen people naked, I don't care. You should get a perk for having to deal with the whole finger in the butt grabbing other people's genitals and people breathing in your face and coughing on you. You should get that. 
I know you get a salary that's pretty nice, but you also have to pay for malpractice insurance and all of that crap. I know there's some overhead and you probably never pay off your damn student loan till you turn 74. I get it. So as it turns out, I'm going to take it all back, general practitioner. You don't make enough money to pay off that student loan at any time soon. You should get some perks. So what you need to do is you need to start hiring nutritionists to be in the office so you don't have to send someone else to send your patients to another location to a nutritionist someplace else. You should have the nutritionist there. That way they can all get in good shape. And when we're all in good shape as patience we'll be looking good and then when you put your fingers in our butts and grab our junk you'll be looking at something that's nice and damn it you deserve it s anthony says so segments over guys i uh i met my new doctor and got an examination for my new doctor as it turns out i'm fine everything's great Everything's great except for one weird thing. My doctor looks, not exactly like, but looks 85 to 90% like an old girlfriend of mine. And it was really weird. I mean, so much so that when she walked into the office and said, hello, Mr. Thomas, I'm your new doctor, Dr. So-and-so. I looked at, I mean, for like a tenth of a second, I'm like, did she get dressed up in a doctor's outfit and follow me to New Jersey? Is she, is she really that nuts that she's going to get dressed up? I, I don't believe this. She actually, behind my back, before our breakup, went to medical school, became a full-fledged doctor, pretended not to be a doctor during our entire relationship just so she could follow me back to New Jersey to seeing my damn family and doing some work so she could pretend to be a doctor, she could be a doctor, just so she can come back and follow me around and find out what I'm doing. And that is, I'm disgusted by that behavior. I mean, I'm going to have sex with her again. I mean, she's here. I might as well. <laughs> because, because my old girlfriend was really, really good looking. And, um, well, all of them were, but this one was, you know, not, she was not my last girlfriend, but she was like two girlfriends ago. But, uh, but, the, but, the, but that would, was not her. Thank goodness. Okay. Maybe not. Thank goodness. Cause if it was her, I probably wouldn't have been able to get it on with her. Okay. That that's beside the point. That's not important. But what I'm saying is it's really weird because the whole time my doctor's examining me and asking me all of these questions and Mr. Thomas, this, this, that, this, that, this, 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 this. And the whole time I'm going, I used to get it on with someone who looked just like you. Same face, basically exactly the same body. This is weird. I'm about to get naked in front of someone who looks like someone I used to get naked and climb on top of for about two years. This is really, really weird that... I'm here with someone who looks ex- almost exactly like someone I used to get it on with, and you're very. She's roughly my age, which means now that she's my doctor, and, and she's obviously a very, very good doctor, or they wouldn't have her here. This means that I'm going to basically going to be getting naked twice a year and having someone twice a year cram their finger in my butt and play with my genitals. Well, not play with my genitals, examine my genitals, and then say, and then uh, someone that looks just like someone who used to also put a finger, okay, that's not important, that's none of your business, but someone who looked just like that, and now it's, you know, so she puts the finger in the, and I'm going, uh, normally, I, well, that, okay, that's not important, that's none of your business. But then she does the whole thing with you, with you cough, and there was a part of me that was like, I'm not going to cough for about 20 minutes, I'm just going to, 
see how long she's going. Then I said, wait a minute, this is a prof- this is a woman, is a professional. She's a highly educated woman. She's doing her job. She's a highly skilled doctor. And just because she looks like someone I used to get it on with on a regular basis, who I really enjoyed getting it on with, who even though that particular person who was not the doctor but looked like the doctor, who was someone I was getting it on with, but I'm not getting it on with the doctor, even though I would like to get it on with the doctor, but that's a different story. The old girlfriend was someone who was who turned out to be a kind of a horrible mix with me because I'm not crazy and she's double crazy. She was crazy enough for both of us, but I don't want to be crazy. So she was actually basically the equivalent of triple crazy because of my lack of craziness. But I really enjoyed getting it on with her. (laughs) And now the doctor looks just like that. And now she's got my stuff in her hands and uh, (coughs) I cough, you know, and she goes, you know, you're fine. And I go, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not really fine, and and I, I want to apologize for what happened just now, Doc. When you, you know, grab up, want to apologize for the, um, uh, what uh, the fact that as soon as you, uh, it, you know, uh, uh, began the the whole check for the hernia thing, that, um, that, uh, that some. Well, let's just put it to you this way: the, the, uh, the flag, if, boing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the bow. <laughs> you know, just let's. You know, let's just say I. Let's just say she she very came very closely to have to go whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. you know because something happened and something happened that normally I, I don't want it to happen unless there's a woman that looks like that naked and you know in the bed with me because it happened and I said I said sorry about that she goes no that's not a problem it's you know normal reaction I said and then my mind I'm going okay thank you very much because she left me off the hook not realizing that the whole time I'm going. In the back of my mind, I was hoping the saxophone music would start playing, and then she would walk over to the door and lock the door and go, and then she'd go, by the way, dun, 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 dun. don't you remember me, yes, Anthony? Dun, dun. It's really me. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dun, it's your girlfriend dun, dun, from back in the day. Dun, 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 dun. I had a little plastic surgery, but it's really me. Dun, 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 dun. And then we'd get it on for like three hours. <laughs> 17 minutes. Now listen. But the thing is, it was really, really weird. To ha- it was, I mean, the whole time, I'm literally looking at my doctor, and I'm going, this is going to be my doctor for quite, I mean, she's, she's, she's younger than me by a couple of years, so this, this may be, my, you know, depending on, you know, whether I move or whatever, uh, this may be my doctor for like 10 more years or, or, or whatever, because my last doctor was my doctor for 15 years. You know, she was a doctor when I was like, a, you know, a little, a, little, a little guy, a young guy, you know, okay, not a young guy was an adult, but you know what I'm saying. But this one here, she's, you know, she's, she's just extremely attractive because, I mean, obviously extremely attractive because I spent two years getting it on and enjoying every second of getting it on with someone that looked just like her, <laughs> just like her. Whew, man, she was hot. Anyway, so what I'm saying, so what I'm trying to say is uh, that the doctor's visit was a little bit uncomfortable because, like I said, the last time someone that looked like that uh, played with my butt and grabbed some stuff was, was someone who... I then returned the favor by playing with her stuff, her stuff, and playing with her buddies as well, and then, then did some stuff, and then we did some stuff, you know, and then we, you know, and then and so, the, but it was really weird because now it was kind of weird to be nude and and being, you know, felt and poked and stuff, and you know, then grabbed and squeezed and. And then put me look in your mouth and, you know, and put the finger in the thing and look in the ear and get all close to my face to look into my eyes. And I'm, I wanted to do that, but I can't do that because that's not my girlfriend. She just looks like my girlfriend. <laughs> oh, God. So six months from now, you know, because you go to the doctor's twice a year, six months from now, I'm going to be back at the doctor's office and 
I'm hoping it'll be a little less awkward. It's got it's got to be less awkward because she that she couldn't detect the fact that I felt kind of weird by the fact that someone who looked like someone I used to get it on with on a regular basis was now examining me. But uh, but but uh, it has nothing to do with her professionalism. It was it was all me being weird inside. On the outside, I was my normal, courteous, charming self. You know, and, uh, you know, she's laughing. We're having a great time. She shakes my hand. She reads all the tests. You do everything's great. Do this, that, this. So they'll see you in six months, that kind of thing. <sighs> but, uh, you know, it was weird. Really, really weird. No, what was even weirder was the, the uh, chief uh, uh, medical person there would look like her, look like my, uh, ex, the girl that I went with, looked like her father. So it was kind of weird because now you, you got the doctor that looked like an ex-girlfriend and then you got the chief medical cat there comes and looks just like a, uh, her dad, which was kind of weird. And then one of the other doctors who was a, the head of the practice, he, she comes in and she looks just like the girl's, the, the girl, ex-girlfriend's mom. And that was really kind of weird because they come in and they go, excuse me, um, we just caught you being examined by our doctor daughter and we were wondering what are your intentions? Well, my intention is actually to have good health. Really? Just good health? Hmm. You don't have any ill, you're not seeing any other doctors behind our doctor daughter's back, are you? I said, no, no, no. I was seeing a doctor, do another doctor, but that relationship was over and that's why I'm with the doctor daughter. And they said, you sick bastard, you're cheating on her. You, you probably go to one of those minute clinics, don't you? You want to be with one of those minute clinic sluts where you just go in there and you give her $25 and then she just gives you the flu shot you need the way you need it. You make us sick, you sick bastard. And then they beat me up. And then it was great because after they beat me up, they were able to heal me because they were all doctors. So it's like they would hit me in the face and then as the bruise would come up, the other one would put ice on it and then walk. the other person that hit me in the face would walk to the other side of my face and hit me in the face there. And then as the, as the first side, the swelling went down, the other side would start swelling and then they would go over and heal that part. And okay, none of that happened. But listen, <laughs> but the truth is, the truth is, it was, it was kind of weird because my, my doctor does uh, literally look, look, look uh, about... Uh, maybe 85% like an old girlfriend. I mean, she has the same body type. She has the same type face. Literally to the point where if she would have walked in and said, are you S. Anthony Thomas? Yeah. Oh my God, you dated my sister. Now granted, that girl didn't have a sister, but if she, you know, if she did have a sister and I and maybe it was somebody that I hadn't met, say for the sake of argument, it's one of those things where they have a relative that lives far away and you only talk to them on the phone or you occasionally Google plus them or whatever, and then you see them in person, but you know, huh, you look familiar, that kind of thing. If she if that had happened, she looked close enough to that woman that I used to get it on with that I would have for a second bought it, you know. But she's not. She's not. But it is weird. Very, very weird. And so am I, as you heard by listening to this ridiculous ass segment I just recorded. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Segment over. Hello, my friends. Uh, once again, like I said, I'm not home with my normal equipment. So I'm kind of a. Uh, so you're going to notice a little bit of difference in sound quality in, the, in this entire episode, most likely, or at least parts of it. Um, unless I can get back to where I can use my regular stuff. But hopefully. This won't be too bad. I just wanted to make sure I talked to you about the weirdness that I like to talk to you about on a regular basis. And I want to ask you this. I mean, who, who actually inspires you the most? You know what I mean? Who, who inspires? Because I was thinking about it and I noticed that all the people that I like the most have gotten a good old fashioned ass whipping by life. 
and they came back and whooped life's ass. And that was always fascinating to me. You know, I'm not as fascinated by the person who's like a boxer who's like 49 and zero and every fight is somebody who just whips everybody's ass and he's never even been in danger in a fight. I'm not inspired by that. You don't even know what that person's really, really like. They've never been tested. How do you know what the hell you've been like, what you are and what you what you're capable of unless you've been tested? Nobody. That's why people want to see Manny Pacquiao fight Floyd Mayweather. You know, everybody, every time I've seen him fight, he just basically just kind of sat back and just picked the other person apart. Never really in any danger. You know, but I want to see him fight Manny Pacquiao. Because like I said, I like Manny Pacquiao because Manny Pacquiao's taking ass whoopings. Manny Pacquiao's been knocked out. You know, he's moving up and down weight classes. Manny Pacquiao's taking an ass whooping. Now, this isn't a sports thing. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite uh, comedians, Richard Pryor, George Carlin, they've taken artistic, when they were alive, they took artistic ass whoopings. You know, they were up high, they decided to make a change to something else, and then the world around them went, ha, oh, no, you don't, we like what you're doing right now. I know it's limiting to you, and I know you're not maximizing what you're capable of doing, and I know you're miserable, but I really don't care if you're miserable, I like it, so shut up and keep doing the same crap you're already doing. They said no, took the ass whooping, and came out on the other side to be two of the greatest comedians of all time. I always, I always think about that because I know what it was like for me. Now, obviously, I'm not as good as those guys, and I haven't have anywhere near that level of success. Let's keep it real. I aspire to that, but I don't have it yet. But I know what it's like to lose everything. I know what it's like to lose everything, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are listening to this that know exactly what it's like to lose everything. I know what it's like to be sleeping on a bench in a city where you don't know anybody. I know what that's like. You know, I know what it's like when. <laughs> It's funny. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I go to Los Angeles and when I moved there originally, obviously, I didn't have any bread. And I lived in a flea bag hotel. My buddy and I lived in flea, this really bad flea bag ass hotel. It's still there. But it's like, I mean, it's literally the first stop out of prison from people that just, you know, they literally stabbed somebody last week and then they wind up at this place. But I noticed that when I was there, nobody wanted to, to even be my friend. They didn't want to hang out. They, they found out where I lived. Oh, you, you live there? Get the fuck out of here. Which was fine because I had, I had money at the time. Uh, and I just didn't want to spend it. I was trying to conserve it. So I got a chance to see how people felt about me when they thought I didn't have any bread. And I wasn't rich by any stretch of the imagination. But I had some money in the bank because I had saved it for the trip. I actually backed my lifestyle down five or six levels to make sure I didn't tap into the bread. So then I started to become a little more successful. All of a sudden, people in the clubs kind of knew who I was. I was getting good spots. All of a sudden, I was auditioning for, for TV programs. All of a sudden, I was in acting class, and I was looking really good and all of that. I was in great shape and all this kind of stuff, and it looked like something big was about to happen. I looked like one of those guys that was about to blow up and become a big star. I looked like I was going to be this big deal. Now, this was still me not making a lot of money, but the, the buzz started to happen. And all of a sudden, all I, I had a whole bunch of friends, you know, I had girls climbing all over me, all that kind of stuff, and it was great. And then it fell apart. Through no, it wasn't my fault. It was something else that had nothing to do with me. It was some kind of political thing inside of whatever that, I don't want to get into, into any specifics, but someone did something they weren't supposed to do. And because I, I, wound up taking the, I wound up taking an L, meaning all of my opportunities were taken away because they came through someone who, unbeknownst to me, was doing something they weren't supposed to do, meaning being a piece of shit. But I did. I never saw the piece of shit part of them, and I wish I had. And I wouldn't have attached myself to them as my conduit to the next level of life. 
But when it became clear, it became very, very clear that I was not going to get any TV series, that all my juice was gone, all of a sudden, and I'm talking about quickly, everybody kind of moved away. You know, girlfriends don't want to hang out with you anymore. You know, they think you're a loser. They think you're nothing. People that you thought were friends that act, they kind of walk away, they disappear. You know, all of a sudden your spots at the clubs drive because you're not going to be the next big thing. <laughs> and I remember what that felt like when I'm going, what the, the, that fast? I mean, you people were at my apartment. I mean, we were cool. I thought we were friends. I, I didn't even, and it all fell away. And I, granted, this was just some chump who was just about to get into the game. It looked like I was, you know, I looked like somebody who, who was a, uh, 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 a second round draft pick who people go, you know, I really think this guy should be in the first round, but he's going to get picked in the second round. He's going to be a really big surprise to everybody. One of that level of something. And then it fell apart. And everybody left. The girlfriends left. The friends left. And I had nothing. <laughs> I laugh at it now because I remember I can look at young me in the despair in my voice and the despair on my face. Not that I'm laughing at my own despair or I laugh at someone who else who feels despair, but I remember what that felt like. And when I saw that, and I, I looked in the mirror and I went, oh man, this is, I got nothing, man. My girls, my girl, she dropped me. My friends dropped me. I'm getting fat. Got any money left? Oh, because as a, as a young man, you have a little money in the bank and you think you're about to become a big deal and you begin to start to spend the money because you're a fucking moron. Okay, I was a fucking moron. So now I have no money. I'm getting fat. You know, I have no girlfriend. I have no friends. I have nothing. And everything fell apart. I literally fell off the grid. I didn't exist anymore. So I started to look at the people that inspired me the most, the people that I thought were awesome. And I noticed it was not, like I said in the beginning of this, it wasn't the people that never failed at all, never messed up, never, never had a problem. Everything was great. They were great looking from birth. They were born with a six pack. Spokesmodels jump on top of them. I didn't No, those those people. I watched them, but I didn't they didn't speak to me if they were good at what they did. I'd consume whatever the product was if I liked it. But it didn't speak to me as somebody that I'd looked up to. The people I looked up to were the Bruce Lees of the world. You know, the Bruce Lees of the world who had all this talent and no one gave him a shot. He said, fuck it, goes overseas, tears it up, and then they bring him back. Now, he died, but he was about to become, well, he became Bruce Lee posthumously. But, you know, you know what his career would have looked like had he lived. Come on, let's keep it real. You know, people like that. Tiger Woods at the top of his game at the time, deciding I'm already the number one golfer in the world and demolishing anybody, but I think I can be better. So I'm going to change this swing. The fuck are you doing? Those are the people that I, I like the most, man. You know, Prince Lute, you know, with the record contract thing, going through all of this kind of stuff, comes back, has number one albums after that. Many other people. Now, I used to use entertainment references because I could have used historical references and things of that nature, but I don't want to send you to fucking... You know, Google to look the shit up. I want you to just sit down and listen to the damn podcast, damn it. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. Everybody likes the comeback. The comeback is fun. The comeback is cool. The comeback story rules. Whenever you see somebody on television, when you're watching the Olympics or something like that, nobody talks about the guy that never lost. Nobody cares about that. How, what kind of human interest story is that? Here's a guy who's been successful at everything he's ever done, and we want you to feel sympathy for him as he attempts to be even more successful, even though he's already much, much better than you. That's right. He even looks better than you. 
He's in better shape than you. He's already got a lot of money. His wife's a spokesmodel. His kids are gorgeous and they're all geniuses. And now he's going to go add another accolade to the top of it. Why don't you stop your loser-ass life with nothing involved where your life kind of blows and watch him succeed some more? <laughs> How come that was a low-rated segment? Why, why didn't no one watch that segment? Because no one wants to see that shit? Oh, okay. <laughs> but you do like the segment when there's a guy who has his family life sucked. You know, he was sick. His first wife dropped him and this, this next lady was there for him or his first husband dropped her and told her she'd never be good at this and she started her own business and her business turned into something great that helps a bunch of people and makes a lot of money or something like You like that crap. Why? Because you like the comeback. The comeback is the best part. That's the best part is the comeback. I love the comeback. And that's what I'm in the middle of now. And I'm sure there's a bunch of you that are the same way. You had, you know you've had people drop you like and told you you weren't shit, threw you away like a piece of garbage. You've had, you probably had relatives tell you you weren't shit. Don't do that, Bill. Why don't you just get a job at the post office? No, Mary, that's just silly. You should, why would you try to start your own business? Just work here in the place that sucks that you don't want to wake up in the morning and come to, but you do because I don't know why you do, but you do anyway because that's what most people do. They come to a job that sucks even when they're a person that has a special talent that can move them above that level of life to something that they enjoy. But don't do that. Come back here with us and do that thing that sucks that you don't want to do. You like the comeback story. You know? You want to lose weight, so I'm working out now. Get myself back in shape. You want to start doing comedy again, so I'm starting to do comedy again. You discover podcasting. Even though you knew it existed, you realize you can actually do the crap you wanted to do and talk about the crap you wanted to talk to. And surprisingly enough, people in increasing numbers want to hear you say stuff. What's wrong with you people? I mean, thank you. <laughs> so I look at those people and I realize especially people that have really serious problems. I was just a loser. Well, I mean, not a real loser, but just a person who wasn't winning at the time. And that's all, that was my problem. But I'm talking about people that have real problems and then destroy. Don't you love turning on the television, you turn on the news, and there's some person from some country where people are blowing things up and stabbing this and blowing up that and setting that on fire and you find out that that person invented a vaccine and they used a fucking coconut and a shoestring and they found out a way to cure a disease that kills 50,000 people a year. That story rules, man. Comebacks are the best. I'm in the middle of mine. Partially thanks to you bastards. So, Listen. Like I said, if, 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 the, if, if the world is kicking you in the balls of the ovaries, don't worry about it. I used to worry about it when the world was kicking me in the nuts. Don't worry about it. The comeback is coming. That's, that's the best part. Just think about it this way. As bad as it feels now to get your ass kicked, and you know you're getting your ass kicked, as bad as that feels... Imagine how good it's going to feel on the other side when you look back and go, yeah, that person I really love dropped me like a hot brick on a cold Tuesday. Yeah, people I was related to told me that I was never going to amount to anything or that I should just go into my dad or my mom's business or I should just do this or that and just get a job in this place that sucks. Yeah, they said that. Yeah, these people who were my friends walked away and threw me away like I'm a piece of shit. But look at me now. 
That's what I want for the future for myself. Look at me now. I have one of the top podcasts in the country. I don't now. I'm becoming increasingly popular thanks to you. But I want to have one of the top podcasts in the country. That's one of my goals, damn it. Which is why I need you bastards to start telling more people about me. Yeah, that's right. I know you're doing it. But keep doing it, damn it. I want to be one of the best comics in the world. Yeah, and I'm working toward that. And I think I can do it. So whatever the equivalent it is of that is for you, go do that shit. Don't listen to these jack-offs. How the hell do they know what you're capable of doing? How do they know? And quite frankly, every time that somebody's around you and they throw you away because you have the balls or the ovaries to decide you want to do something better for yourself, in your mind, hear the toilet flushing sound and let that piece of shit go away. Get it done, you bastards. I'm doing it. You're going to do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I said it. Segment over. Can I ask you guys a question? Are you like me in the, in, the, in, the, in the thinking that we know a little bit too much about each other now? You know what I mean? You know, and I, I used to, I've, 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 I've talked about it before. I mean, stalkers used to actually have to come to your house, climb up a tree. You know what I'm saying? They used to have to drive around, you know, stop off to get a meal, you know, while they're waiting for you to come out of the doctor's office. You know what I'm saying? You actually stimulated the economy because if you traveled around a lot, that stalker that was traveling around following you had to buy lunches and dinners and breakfasts. They had to buy binoculars. They probably had to buy diapers so they didn't have to ever take their eyes off of you. Like I said, when they climb up the tree, bam, right there, they're getting exercise. Everybody's benefiting. But now when you, when you turn, when you, it's like with the Facebook and all these other kind of things, man, it just, people are just... It's like the exact opposite of a stalker because a stalker is someone trying to get your information. I'm whatever the opposite of a stalker is because I don't want to know that shit. Keep that to yourself. You know, every time I turn on the computer, there's a bing, 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 bing. There's a bunch of people trying to let me know stuff about themselves that I wasn't that interested in. The kind of stuff they probably wouldn't say to your face because they would be able to detect immediately by looking at your facial expressions that you have absolutely no interest in hearing about what their third daughter ate for breakfast April 3rd in 2010. I don't want to hear about it. But Megan really loves bacon. Thank you for sharing that with me. Now get away from me. Right? And if you're tagging me in photos on Facebook, Tagging be basically like, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. If you have to tag me to get your my attention, it means I wasn't paying attention to your punk ass in the first place, and that means I don't want to hear about it. Because that's all. Cause the thing about Facebook is the the fun part about it. The fun part about social media is if you want to very quickly check in, basically just to make sure your friends aren't dead or something like that. You go to the page. Okay, I don't see R.I.P. That person's still alive. Let me see that one, two, three, four, five, six. I guess they had a kid. Congratulations. Send. Okay, and I'm done with that person for the next six months. And on you go. Because that's what Facebook is to me. It's basically a way of making sure I know who's alive, who's dead, who had kids, and that's about it. I don't even I don't even bother remembering anybody's birthday. Why should I? Facebook reminds me. I don't do anything about it, but it reminds me anyway. I'm not buying all of you a gift. Are you insane? I'd rather spend that money buying me a gift because I actually like me. I'm actually interested in what I have to say, but these random people get the hell out of here. See, when I got on Facebook initially, 
I just thought it was cool to accumulate a bunch of people because, yeah, man, it'd be cool, you know, have a thousand friends, man. You can get the, you can get knowledge from everybody, man, and everybody will have this wonderful way of sharing information, and I'll learn something from them, and you know, it'll be like insightful stuff, and then and then there's, there's oh, really, you have pets. Really? You know what's you know what's interesting about your pet? Your dog looks exactly like every other person that has a Labrador Retriever. You do realize that that's the most popular dog in the country for the past 10 years and that everyone has that exact same dog and every one of those dogs behaves exactly the same way. So basically, I, I really don't need to hear anything about what Muffin, how great Muffin is at catching the tennis ball. You know what? All dogs are good at catching tennis balls except for dogs too small to catch a tennis ball in their mouth. And even that's funny because it's funny watching a small dog try to bite a tennis ball. That shit hilarious in fact if you got a video of that please send it to me <laughs> i'm just kidding please don't do that shit everywhere you go everybody's trying to grab little bits of your information you get you go to rite aid you buy robitussin or you buy some cigarettes or some crap like that and they want to know what your birth date is but they don't check id if i What's your birth date? It's this, this, this. Okay. So they're going, but you didn't even look at ID. It'd be different if you said, can I see your driver's license so you can buy this Robitussin, these cigarettes? I don't smoke, by the way. You would be nice if they did that. No, we don't, we don't, we don't. No, we just really want to, want to be intrusive. This really has nothing to do with the fact that we're, we're trying to identify you because anybody can say a random series of six numbers that correspond with a date in the past. <laughs> we just feel like getting a, a, getting as much information from you as possible because as soon as you say the date and you put that card down, now we have your date of birth and your address and now we can send you lots of stupid stuff. When you become over 50, we can send you double a, AARP catalogs. If you're a young person, we can send you catalogs of some, some, some rock star with their ass hanging out. We just want to have as much information as possible because we don't think annoying you online is enough we want to annoy you at your home with this useless crap that's right having a good time oh well, well, before you leave could you do me a favor what's that why don't you have me little have a little drop of blood so i can actually get a copy of your dna and then send you really specific stuff hey you're about to turn 30 years old and if you're anything like your dad when he turned 30 he started having problems with his elbow whoop is your elbow hurting of course it is we checked your dna and we figured according to the strength the, the strand and the way we analyze it, we figured you'd be having an elbow breakdown right around now. And here's some elbow pads. We figured we'd sell them to you. And since we already knew that you were going to have an elbow problem, we've decided to give you a nice discount because we know you're going to be coming back because according to your DNA, in two years, your other elbow is going to be messed up and we're going to be selling you some more pads. You're going to be a returning customer because these elbow pads don't last that long. You're going to have to keep coming back and buying more and more. And you're going to rely on them because by using the elbow pads, you're going to be pain-free for the most part. And then when the elbow pad runs out and you decide to lean on something and it shoots pain up and down your arm, you're going to go, damn it, I need to buy some elbow pads. And guess where you're going to go? That's right, you dumb bastard. You're going to come back to us for elbow pads. And that's fantastic. And by the way, the woman that you're going to get pregnant, make sure it's not a redhead because according to this DNA, redheads and you are going to have a hard time getting pregnant. Wait a minute. Let's check the, oh, we just cross-referenced something. You're, you're gonna, your girlfriend, the one you met right now, Susan, who's exactly two years younger than you are, let's put it this way. You might want to have sex with her on Tuesday. It'll increase your odds of being pregnant. It's amazing how much I know what the cash registered at Rite Aid, isn't it? It's fantastic, isn't it? Now go out to your car. We decided to put something in the trunk for you. Yeah, we know that you, uh, wait a second. You've been talking all this time about all my personal information. I don't know anything about you. How come you get to get all my personal information and you, you don't tell me anything about yourself? 
Well, quite frankly, it's very important for me to have that information because I work behind this cash register. What do you do for a living? Um, a federal agent. Hmm. I knew that. Okay, none of that happened. But what I'm saying is they do, people do want to get too much information from us, man. You go into a website, they want your, your, your social security number, which they ain't going to get. They want you to know where you live. What, oh, I hate when I, you go on in the damn computers. Go, um, we would like to identify your location. Why, why would you like to identify my location? Well, the computer was working fine. What benefit do I get out of it by you knowing where I am? Mind your business, laptop. You already know enough about me. You know I love women with shaved armpits. You know I love black chicks with big butts and small breasts. You know, okay, maybe I don't like those things because I forgot that the recorder was on. That's a whole different story. <laughs> um, Okay, who cares? That's right, I like that stuff and various other things. That's right, I said it. Yeah, I like Asian MILFs. So what? And like I said, I like black chicks with small to medium breasts and big butts. Yeah, that's right. And I like my women with their armpits shaved so smooth I could rub my face in it. <laughs> oh, God, I went too far there, didn't I? Shouldn't I, I should have just stopped before I said that. Yeah, well, too bad it's out there. Yeah, that's right, I said it. I don't care about your feet. You can have jacked up feet. It doesn't really matter because you're going to be wearing boots and duct tape. Oh, God, this is getting worse. Okay, that's enough about the information about me. What is, why don't you people in the, listening to the podcast tell me something about yourselves? Because you've been listening to me for over a year now. You know a lot of stuff about me, but I don't know anything about you. I know that you have good taste in podcasts because you keep listening to me. I know that you're really, really smart people because of what you've written to me in your emails. I understand that. But tell me something about yourself. You, as a collective, Please, enlighten me as to what kind of people you are. Really? That is interesting. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that is fantastic. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I don't know why you're admitting to that. Oh, that's gross. That's gross. That's gross. And that's coming from me, so you know it's really gross. You know what? Go back to being anonymous unless you're writing some nice stuff about me because I, I don't want to know that much about you because what you just said, that shit was disgusting. What is wrong with you people? I can't, I, I can't believe that is gross. You're still talking. Why are you? What, didn't I just say to stop telling me stuff about yourself? Go back to just listening and, and we'll just talk about the topic and not talk about your personal stuff because I don't know that that's just weird. Except for you, lady, the stuff that you told me that was weird. I was I was kind of into that. I would like to hear more about that kind of stuff right over there. Yeah. Could you put could is there a way that I could actually see what you look like? Oh, you're. Oh. All right. You know, um, quite frankly, it doesn't really matter what you say. I'm, I'm going to agree with it. And, uh, oh, God, I keep forgetting that the rest of the people can hear this, too. <sighs> oh, I should probably end this segment. Uh, yeah, I'm going to end this segment. And then I'm going to go talk to this lady over here. Segment over. You know what? I have to talk about this really quickly because I was watching the Super Bowl and I would feel dopey if I didn't say something, especially after all of those tweets about Pete Carroll and that dumbass call that he made on the one-yard line. You have the ball on the one-yard line with a chance to win your second Super Bowl. You have a quarterback who's known for running around and avoiding being tackled and is actually fast enough to avoid getting sacked most of the time. 
you have a you have a running back named Beast Mode who's known for always falling forward even after he's tackled. He has the most yards after the tackle than anyone else in the sport. And you're on the one yard line with seconds left on the clock. And if you score a touchdown, you're pre you're almost going to probably most likely 99% chance win the damn Super Bowl. And then you make a decision to not use that quarterback who's known for his speed and agility and good decision making or that running back that's known for blasting through 80 people before he gets tackled. You decide to throw the ball into traffic, a slant pattern at the one yard line. Interception, you lose. Welcome to Twitter, jackass. Your life's going to be hell for a while. They're not even going to let your punk ass into a Starbucks for the next 10 years. Unless you win the next Super Bowl, every time you go into Starbucks, if I was you, I would not put my name on the cup. Because if you put your name on the Starbucks cup, Pete Carroll, guess what? You're going to get something else in the cup. Okay, I'm not saying that anybody in an actual Starbucks would spit in your cup. I'm not saying that because I don't want to get sued because I'm sure Starbucks employees and the Starbucks Corporation would never allow that to happen. But let's just say you go into another coffee shop in the Northwest <laughs> that is absolutely not Starbucks and whose name I will not mention, but is definitely not Starbucks, but they use some of the similar Starbucks practices, otherwise known as you putting your name in and they call you by name, but definitely not Starbucks, because if I make this joke about Starbucks, I might get sued. <laughs> Shut up, I'm protecting myself. But if I was you, my friend, if I went into the coffee shop that was definitely not Starbucks, I would not put my name on there. Is there a Pete Carroll here? Not only would you not want to put your name on the cup because of the simple fact that a lot of that foam is going to have spit in it. That's right, spit. But I wouldn't want to be sitting in a room full of angry people from the Northwest with coffee cups full of hot liquid when I walk through because I made a dumb decision on the one yard line when I should have just handed it to my damn running back whose nickname is fucking beast mode. But all I'm saying is, Pete Carroll, you already won a Super Bowl. So basically you can just tell everybody, listen. I already won your Super Bowl. We got you to this one. Yeah, I messed up. And let's let's keep it real. My team's a bunch of 20-year-olds. We're going to be back. So shut up, punks. Okay, he can't say that because he's not me because that's what I would say. Listen, I won your Super Bowl last year. Shut, the, shut your mouths. Also, I would have handed the ball off to beast mode and not been a jackass. But that's a different story, damn it. So what I'm saying is, come on, people. You've all been there where you've made boneheaded decisions. That has got to be the sickest feeling in the world to know that you made a decision outthinking yourself, going against conventional wisdom, going against the overwhelming odds of what would actually work and doing something completely different, thinking, wow, when this works out, I'm going to be a hero. I can't wait to read the newspaper tomorrow when they're going, well, most people were expecting him to hand you the beast mode, but he had, the, he had this brilliant idea of throwing the ball into traffic in, 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 in between between eight guys <laughs> and it worked out he's a real genius <laughs> and that did not happen did it no it didn't happen because it was a dumb idea but come on people you've been there before you've been there before you've made a really really dumb decision and you know what it's like to have that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you know the thing that's happening that's horrible the thing that's going bad right in front of you somebody gets locked out of the house because you forgot to leave your key because you are 
outsmarted yourself. I'll know how I'll remember the key. I'll put it in my pocket. And then when I go out of the house, I'll put it in the thing right there and they'll see it. And then they won't get it. And then they you'll lock them out of the house and they're sitting in the rain for three hours because your punk ass decided to be smart and try to be slick. You know what I'm talking about, you bastard. Right? You go to your girlfriend and say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to show up early and surprise her. And yeah, you surprise her, all right? And then all of her girlfriends think that you're some kind of stalking chump. And now for the rest of your six months lit that you have left in the relationship, they're calling you stalker boy. And eventually she drops your punk ass because you outsmarted yourself. She told you she doesn't like surprises. She told you she doesn't like when you show up early. But you figured, I'm going to show up early and show her these flowers. And that's going to work out great. And you dumb bastard that you gave her the flowers that your last girlfriend likes. And unfortunately for you, she knows the flowers your last girlfriend likes because you made the same mistake before. You thought you were doing something good. Then you saw her face and you knew you screwed the hell up. And you had that feeling in the pit of your stomach. Oh, God, no. Yeah, that's right. And there's many other examples of a regular non-Super Bowl coach who's doing something dumb in your regular life and you know you screwed up. There's a second where there's a second before you thought everything was a great idea and then there's that nanosecond later when you realize everything just blew up in your stupid punk-ass face. Well, imagine if you take that feeling and multiply it by a billion people because that's how many people watch Pete Carroll decide to throw the ball in the fucking traffic in a slant pattern on the Super Bowl when he had a top run back in the top quarterback god damn it no i didn't lose any money <laughs> bastard but what i'm saying is listen all i'm saying is even somebody like me who was tweeting all sorts of hilarious insults and they were freaking hilarious all I'm saying is I've decided to forgive the bastard, mainly because I was raised in Philadelphia and, quite frankly, couldn't give a fuck about either one of those teams because I definitely didn't lose money. <laughs> Pete Carroll, you bastard. Anyway, so what I'm saying is let's all forgive Pete Carroll. Yes, that was a dumbass idea to do that. Yes, that was stupid. Yes, he basically just handed a Lombardi trophy to another team when he didn't even have to do something that stupid. We get it. But I say, people, let's forgive the bastard. Forgive the bastard because we all make mistakes. Of course, our mistakes aren't that stupid and they aren't done in front of a billion people and a hundred and something million people in your home, in your home country and you haven't just completely made people want to choke you after you just won them a Super Bowl the year before and you definitely didn't make a very, very cool comedian podcaster lose some money. Well, even though it wasn't a lot of money, it still was my money, you bastard. I, you know, I could have bought some sneakers with that money, damn it. You, granted, there would have been sneakers from Payless, but there were still sneakers, damn it. Yeah, that's right. So if I can forgive him, you bastards, then you bastards can forgive him, okay? Because I know I got some listeners in Washington State. So you forgive that man and you do not spit in his coffee in that coffee shop that is definitely not Starbucks. Don't spit in his coffee. And as far as the customers, don't you even think about tripping him on the way out or throwing hot coffee on his butt when he walks by because that would be mean and you don't want to do that. So Pete Carroll... I forgive you the pay less sneakers I would have bought with the money I lost betting on the damn game. They forg That forgives you, and I hope the world forgives you. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Segment over.
Okay, you sick bastards. That has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says, also known as You Better Listen Every Week If You Know What's Good For You, Damn It. Yeah, that's right, I said it. <laughs> Once again, my friends, I want to thank you very, 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 very much for checking this show out. You come back every week, you bring people. I know I say that all the time, but you do it all the time, and I appreciate that. I consider it an honor, I truly do, that you give me this time and listen to my dopey crap for whatever it is, an hour, hour and a half, whatever the hell I decide to put up uh, that particular week. Much love to you. Thank you very, very, very much. Now, for those of you that wanted to send me email and direct message me talking about how do I send you email? Well, you can send me email at the Podcast at gmail.com. My stitcher is, of course, at SAnthonyThomas. And the show-specific uh, Twitter is at SAnthonySays. Uh, you can hear this show on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, and on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you decide to use for this to, to listen to podcasts. If you don't have a podcatcher and you just want to find out where the hell I am, all you got to do is Google as Anthony says. I'm everywhere like oxygen, baby. I'm not hard to find. I'm everywhere you need me to be, damn it. And I want to thank you guys very, very much. If you love this show and you better if you know what's good for you, damn it, please feel free. No, no, I'm not even going to say it that way, okay? Now, I would consider it an honor if you give me some good reviews like a lot of you have done and give me some five-star reviews. I appreciate that. But I'm going to tell you something right now, okay? I'm looking right at you, damn it. If you're listening to this right now, that means you listen to the whole show and you love it. You love it. So just go to whatever podcatcher you listen to me on and you write about how much you love this show, damn it, and you give me a five-star review. That's right, I said it. Yeah, that's right. If you know what's good for you. And if this was a video podcast, you'd see that I was shaking my fists in a menacing fashion. Actually, as I catch a look at myself shaking my fist in, uh, in the mirror, I actually look like a guy who's kind of shaking some dice. This is not really menacing at all. It's not. It actually, I look like somebody who's actually celebrating a sporting event where something good happened on the field. When I come to think of it, this is not menacing at all. But then again, you can't see me, so you're just going to have to take my word for it. It's very menacing and scary. So scary, in fact, that I all if I had the ability to give a five-star review to myself ethically, I would do it, but I can't, so you're going to have to do it. Yeah, that's right, I said it. <laughs> you guys are the greatest. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for checking me out, my brothers and sisters. Until next week, S. Anthony out.